Welcome everybody to Box Office Culture, a new podcast on film and movies and entertainment and what's going on at the United Theater in the world of film and uh, content related to streaming and other film-related things. I'm your host, Tony Nunes. I'm the artistic director here at the United Theater. And every week I'll be bringing on a new guest, or every couple of weeks. This is a bi-weekly podcast. Our first guest, who's going to probably be a, a very regular staple on the show, is Greg Moran. I'll let you introduce yourself, Greg. Uh, hey, I'm the front of house uh, director at the United. You've probably seen me if you've come here. And, and you're probably wondering what makes us qualified to be talking about movies and, and television shows and things like that. And um, that is a great question. In my uh, case, absolutely nothing. And we work at a movie theater. Um, that, I mean, that should work. I think that's enough, right? Um, so this is a bi-weekly podcast, like I said. So what we're going to be talking about every week uh, is going to be different. We'll be talking about movies, yes, that we're playing here at the United Theater. Uh, we'll be playing. We'll, we'll, we'll be talking about award season as award season approaches, uh, doing our predictions of nominations and, and what have you. But this first episode, since we're recording this a few days before the end of 2022, we decided let's make this kind of a look back at 2022, talk about some of the best movies, uh, the best television shows, the best performances, and then let's look ahead a little bit into 2023 and talk about some of the films that are coming up that are we're personally most excited about. Um, if you don't know, if you haven't been to the United Theater, we are a first-run movie theater among many, many other things. A music venue, we have a music school, we have a great gallery space that's about to become the hottest nightlife in, in downtown Westerly. Uh, more to come on that soon. Um, but yes, we show movies. We show big budget action comic book movies, uh, the biggest movies, and we also show a lot of art house cinema, foreign films, documentaries, things like that. So we're, we're a bit of a hybrid here at the United. Um, and I think that's the approach we're going to take when we talk about these movies. I think uh, Greg and I are kind of aligned on some of these, um, but we have not talked about any of these choices previously. So I'm excited to hear what Greg <laughs> has as his picks, and I'm sure he's excited to, to hear mine. No, maybe shivering with anticipation amazing okay all right so let's start off with movies um i i said come to this podcast ready with your top three films of 2023 so let's start at number three what is your third best film of 2020 2022 all right well it's tough for me to say best i hate saying that because i haven't seen everything and it's so subjective so i just did three that I think we should be talking about. And so my third one for that is Prey, which was the Hulu direct uh, Predator prequel. I'll say, I thought it was absolutely fantastic. I hate that it didn't get a theatrical release. We all, if anybody knows why, it's because, uh, because of grandfathered in deals. If it had gone theatrically, they would have had to put it on a different server first. I believe that was HBO Max. But to make sure it went to, stayed on Hulu, they had to go straight to Hulu, which stinks because that movie absolutely deserved a theatrical release. It was beautifully shot, beautifully acted, and I love that they had the – the only way I've seen it is with the Comanche dialogue. I've never watched it in English, and you don't have to. Yeah, I think I, I've only watched it once. I think I watched it with the Comanche dialogue too. Yeah. I mean, it was totally subtitled. So Right. So what what about this movie drew you in? What was it? 
Um, the fact that they got back to basics, the fact that you can make a great action movie without going nuts with the CGI. And, um, you know, it's great that they had an, a totally indigenous cast and they really respected where they were coming from with that. And just, you know, it doesn't always have to be giant, you know, a Michael Bayified giant bombs and everything. You can have a native fighting a alien in the woods and make it compelling. So where do you think this film stands on the uh, the Predator-verse? I mean, obviously, so, so I'm in my, my mid-40s, so Predator was a huge part of my childhood growing up, so it's always going to have that going for it, and it's so quotable. Whereas this one, like I said, I can, you can watch the whole thing with zero English and still really enjoy it. Yeah, it was so. great. I mean, I was bummed that we couldn't get it here. Right, um, absolutely. When I, when I first heard, I'll be honest, when I first heard rumors of this movie happening i was i was like oh great just what we need another predator movie oh for sure uh yeah but they definitely pulled it off and i i love the indigenous storyline i thought it was kind of a unique mm -hmm. take on it um yeah that's a good choice Thank i didn't you. i didn't see that one coming yeah. uh my third which i don't think you've seen is after yang i have seen that you have seen after have, yang yeah. okay actually i'm gonna talk a little bit about that later oh. not, not in my tap three but Okay. In my performances. All right, sweet. After Yang, uh, directed by South Korean director who goes by one name, Kogonada, which is, I mean, we all I mean, wish that's, we could that's go. a heck of a name if you're only going to go by one. Pick right? a good one. Exactly. Uh, just another example of why South Korean cinema and South Korean directors are at the top of their game and probably the greatest filmmakers working today. Mm -hmm. um, I, I truly mean that. Um, after Yang, so After Yang, for anybody who doesn't know it, is an A24 movie. Um, this one came out, I think this one came right out to streaming as well. I think it, it, did, it I, jumped right to Showtime on day one. They might have had a super short Select City only run. Yeah, we did but, not have the option to play it here. I wish we did. It was super early in the year too, right? It was like February. Yeah. Yeah. And it was, you know, it's it's the perfect length. It's just 90 minutes. Yep. Beautiful thing. Um, but it is, it's an incredibly beautiful movie. Um, it stars Colin Farrell um, among a, a, a pretty fantastic cast. It is really a film. It's a film about a family who has an android that they, they purchase to help their young adopted daughter learn Chinese and about Chinese culture. Um, it's a late model android when they get it. Um, and it's starting to die when we, we first meet this family in this film. Um, and it, this is one of the most beautiful movies of the year. It's, it's one of the best movies I've seen about androids and, and that whole thing. Uh, it's a very beautiful, subtle take. Um, but really, this movie was about you know the, the dangers of complacency in life. Colin Farrell's character is, is really complacent and not paying as much attention to his family in life as he should be. Um, and this ro robot, or android, I'm sorry, is kind of at the heart of this film. I don't know. It was... It was definitely a huge surprise, and, and you know, obviously, it's my third pick for the year. This movie sat with me mm -hmm. for the entire year, and, and it's, it's quite beautiful. So if you've not seen it, I, I recommend checking it out. I think if you have uh, Showtime uh, as a streaming arm of your Amazon Prime account or, or what have you, I think you can find it there along with— You can with, get it with Paramount Plus now, too. Can you? Okay. Definitely check it out. Really great. Yeah, one of the things I liked the most about it is it dealt with the the AI and the androids and the uh, human making these machines more human. But it also dealt with instead of like they overrun us like Terminator or 
it's just a weird sexual thing like in her this one was dealing with when the android dies the human like we're going to miss them much like you would miss a, a family member up you know even if they are not not human yeah he's a he's you know? a son he's a a brother um and as you find out in the movie um he's also you know becomes very close to another character in the movie that was quite a surprise um and i will say this movie had the best dance number of any movie (laughs) of the year it has this great family dance scene at the beginning i actually watched this movie with my family um, and all three of my kids and we have attempted this dance scene on many (laughs) occasions um all right so what's your number two movie greg uh the unbearable weight of massive talent Okay, and it's just like I said, I, it's I'm not saying it's the second best movie of the year. I think it's one that absolutely deserves more people talking about it. It was hilarious. You really see Cage and the charisma that he had. There's a reason he was a major star. That's that's Nicolas Cage. Nicolas Cage, yes. Um, and also the you know Pedro Pascal is great in it, and it was low key one of the funniest movies of the year. And comedies are something that just have fallen flat a lot over the last few years like apart from like what we do in the shadows like comedies just don't have it anymore i have not seen this movie i I really do want to as a big Nicolas cage fan um it the trailers and everything reminded me of g uh jcvd have you seen jcvd i have jean-claude van damme was it similar It's, it's similar in tone okay um it's not so much a he he's it the Nick Cage in this is less fictionalized than the, the JCVD. Okay. Um, it's really pretty close. And he takes it, you know, all in stride. Uh, they talk about, you know, his waning career and what he's doing now. Uh, he even contemplates retirement in it. And I, I'm i watching these scenes and I'm like, ooh, that's... I feel like this is something he's been through in his life. Um it, it you know it's got some heart but it mostly it's just it's a really fun movie that more people should have made it out to see yeah need, you see it now it's on stars is right it now. okay yeah. yeah we need fun movies um, yes absolutely and and just just a note we are telling you where you can find these movies at home because all of these movies are are now out and available to watch at home but in no way are we condoning watching these movies at home to begin with if they're available no. to watch in a theater like your friendly neighborhood united theater Yes. Just just a nice little plug. Get there. out to the theaters. That's right. For sure. That's right. All right, my number two. My number two is all about the theatrical experience. Right. My number two is uh, Top Gun Maverick. And Top Gun Maverick, obviously the the, the biggest hit of the year. Um, you know, I think it's looking like this movie is going to be Avatar even by the numbers. Yeah. Uh, which is not surprising to me because when I when I first heard they were making Top Gun Maverick, I was excited because I love Top Gun. I thought it was great. You know, they do these like nostalgic retreads of movies. Fine. Um, I was fortunate enough to see this movie uh, at a at a cinema conference in Vegas, and it was I was with five thousand people, Dolby Atmos, like beautiful theater at Caesars or whatever, and uh, I had no idea what to expect. I thought it would be fun totally blew me away there's something about watching it also i will say with a, a crowd mm-hmm. and and when we showed this movie you know we sold this movie out on many 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 occasion pretty much the entire first week yeah very popular um but to me this this movie it's a good movie mm-hmm. uh it's well done the action is insane 
but it encapsulates what to me is so special about the movie theatrical experience. It's loud. It's in your face. It's funny. Um, and it's, it's, it has universal appeal. You know, my six year old, absolutely multi-generational. Yeah. My six year old son loves this movie and you know, my older uncles equally love this movie and I love this movie. And you know, it's, yeah, I, I think just talking to audiences coming to this movie, watching it with these audiences just got me really excited. Um, I think, you know, there's something to be said for Tom Cruise and his willingness to do crazy stunts. You absolutely have to respect his dedication to the craft of making films, it, regardless of all of the other things in his life. You do. He really, truly cares about what he's doing. I think also, I mean, so uh, Joseph... Kaczynski. Kaczynski. I can never pronounce his name. (laughs) Joseph Kaczynski, who is doing all of the Mission Impossible films right now. And, um, you know, they're they're doing amazing things, but they're doing it for the theatrical experience. Mm -hmm. And Tom Cruise is so out there in front of all of these movies. Literally, he he recorded something in front of Top Gun talking about this movie being made for the theatrical experience. He he did what a lot of studios are not doing now. He committed to an actual theatrical window, which means this movie's coming out in theaters only for a long time, and then it's leaving, and then it's, and then it's coming back because it came back, <laughs> yep. uh, and then it's going to be off everything for a while, and now now you can find it on Paramount Plus. Right. Um, incredible movie, incredible fun time at the movies. So definitely my number two. And that one's absolutely one that you should should see at least once in the theater. Absolutely, for sure. And you might have um, another chance. Yes. Uh, I think we're 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 bringing back an awards season series uh, mm-hmm. later after the Oscar nominations are announced. And I think this is one that will come back one time, one more chance to screen it here at the United. And it's one that, um, it would have been really easy to use this as a cash grab and make a bad movie or, or at best a mediocre movie. They did a really good job with it. Um, the tome with, I mean, can we talk spoilers on this? We're assuming everybody's seen this. Talk spoilers. Um, well, how they handled Iceman. I thought they actually struck a really nice balance with that tone. It would have made it, it would have been super easy to make it ultra sappy, but uh, they did a good job. They did. It's a solid movie. It is. All right. All right. Let's talk about our number one because I know we share. We're, we're, we, this is going to be the same one. We share yeah. the same number one. Yes. It's a beautiful thing because yeah. it truly is the best movie of the year. I know you don't like best, but it, yeah, it is. No, it's 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 my favorite movie of the year. And it's, for sure. All right. Go ahead. I'll, Everything, everywhere, all at once. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Beautiful movie. If you've not seen this movie- see it right now because it's it's like no movie you've ever seen in your entire life um it's it's bizarre in the best Mm -hmm. possible way and it is so connective and beautiful and real uh and i think a lot of that is grounded for me at least in the performances in this movie oh yeah Uh, michelle yo is unbelievable i mean they all were top to bottom breakout performance for stephanie shu um Short round back from, back from wherever I whatever know. he's been doing. Seriously, um, uh, he he is amazing in this movie. Absolutely. Um, you know that this it's funny. This I was thinking about this while I was you know thinking back on After Yang, and this is another movie about the danger of complacency in life, mm-hmm. um, and you know how you miss things and your you know relationships with your kids and spouses and all of that just kind of crumble around you and. This is a movie about multi-dimensional, a multi-dimensional plane with mm-hmm. multiple universes. Um, 
but the way that it's it's a comedy for sure absolutely yeah. there's a, an amazing ratatouille uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, parody baked into this movie um jamie lee curtis is the, the one fight scene in particular with was very jamie funny. lee curtis no the one with the with her awards at the end. oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh my god uh yeah it's i i i really have never seen a movie like this so this movie's directed by uh daniel kwan and daniel shiner shiner the daniels the daniels um also known for swiss army man swiss army man which is a very strange movie very strange very funny i understand why that one didn't have the mass appeal that this one did but it's also a great movie that you should go out and check it is but this one i mean they took i mean they went they just went there they went there yeah and if you listen to commentary or interviews about things that didn't make the final cut they 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 went there even beyond yeah. this which is mind-blowing when you see the movie to think that anything didn't make it into the movie so i want to see that director's yeah. cut and speaking of short round uh ki ki kwan i don't know if i'm saying that I right i apologize but anyways yeah uh so he is i don't know if he's we don't know if he's gonna get the oscar nom but he definitely has the golden globe one unfortunately he is in a stacked category with both Brendan Gleeson and Barry Keoghan for Banshees of Inisherin, Brad Pitt for Babylon, and Eddie Ray- Eddie Redmayne for The Good Nurse. Yeah, hopefully, I, I don't know. It would be all of those guys are great. It, can you imagine? But, I mean, but, you, you know, after iconic performances in Indiana Jones, and Goonies, <laughs> and, and Goonies <laughs> comes back. What forty years later? Thirty five years 30 later? Something, yeah. And wins the Oscar, or I mean, is at Incredible. least nominated. At least nominated. It's an yeah. honor just to be nominated, Greg. I think it's most important to talk about this movie, not just because it everything you said is accurate and it is pro- the best movie of the year, but it was such a win for everybody involved. It's a win for creatives. It's a it's a creative out there movie. It is not a cookie cutter tale at all. Um, it proved that you can have a movie that doesn't have a high eight to nine figure budget and still make a hundred million dollars. You don't even need white actors to do it. You know, the biggest names are that, you know, apart from the top three are Jamie Lee Curtis, James Hong. Well, James of the, you know, and, and Jenny Slate, Jenny Slate. Uh, it just, and it became a 24's biggest hit. It's also to date done over six and a half million dollars in like DVD and Blu-ray sales. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a bona fide hit, and it's an original film. It's original film. There's no no franchise, no franchise, no exist pre pre existing IP. Just win on every. It checks every single box. Totally. Uh, imagine if this movie won Best Picture. I think it could. It, I don't. I know. think it could too. Um, so let's. Let's talk real quick before we jump into shows. I yep. just want to keep keep things going. What do you have any honorable mention movies that you wanted to mention? Um, probably Banshees. Yeah, Banshees, Banshees of Sharon was so really good. good. Uh, I haven't gotten to see Babylon yet, but I'd like to. And probably Triangle of Sadness just for being super interesting. I, yeah, I would add Nope to that list too. I, I really fair. enjoyed yep. Nope. Um, but yeah, I think also Decision to Leave, great movie. Uh, again, forty minutes too long. South Korean film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. As most movies are, <laughs> yeah, forty minutes too long. I, I thought the same thing about Tar. But, I, I enjoyed Tar, but Tar was stretched out. Wakanda Forever. 
there's a lot of times, and especially in Act Two, when it should be build, build, build. Where I'm like, yeah, I'm kind of bored. Let's move on. We could name this podcast Forty Minutes Too Long, yeah, <laughs> but let's not let's not go Forty Minutes Too Long. <laughs> right. But, um, before we jump into streaming shows, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Hi there, my name is Lee Metzger, host of The Lowdown, where you can find news and discussions about upcoming events, movies, author talks, concerts, comedy shows, and more. A new episode comes out every other week, making sure that you stay up to date with the latest information about all the exciting things going on at the United. You can also look forward to hearing exclusive interviews with local and visiting artists, touring musicians, comedians, those featured authors, and others. Hear them talk about their experiences at the United, upcoming projects, all sorts of things. So make sure to subscribe to The Load-In on your podcasting app and turn on notifications so you can stay up to date with the latest info on the United Theater. Now back to the show. All right, we are back. And now we're going to talk about our best television shows or shows. You can't call them television shows anymore, can you? Um, No, I mean, that's something we were actually kind of talking about off camera before uh, is the the blurring of lines between prestige TV and cinema. And it, some of it's not even prestige quote unquote TV anymore. I mean, these are shows on Hulu or, you know, FX on Hulu. Yeah. That are just knocking. They're, they're knocking killing our, our socks off. Yeah. And, and you're probably wondering you're a movie theater. Why are you talking about the best shows to stream at home? Well, it's some of the best quality content out there. And, uh, we believe in a good balance. And also, another plug here we have a fantastic little thing here called neighborhood watch which is kind of our in-house film club uh and pretty soon we're going to start having you know little meetups and and you know i guess we would call them salon scenarios where we're having talks about these movies that we're watching and things like that but a part of that is definitely going to be talking about what we're watching and streaming because Mm -hmm. there is so much there's a wealth of incredible content out there available um that we're going to talk about right now. So let's let's again start with number three. I'll I'll kick this one off. Third best show of 2022 for me was season two of The White Lotus, and I I don't think you've watched The White. I haven't Lotus. gotten to that one yet. Okay, no. uh, The White Lotus is on HBO. It is uh, an insanely funny at times, dark at times really satirical um but not in the christopher guest style of satire it's, mm-hmm. it's very it's a little more uh direct uh this season last season the first season if you've not watched this show each season is set at a a resort somewhere the first season was in a, a hawaiian resort um this season is set in a resort i believe in tuscany um and it's really about americans let's be honest it's really <laughs> about americans at these resorts uh it's it's Deep down, it's a satire on colonialism. It's really smart. Uh, it's filled with terrible people, really terrible people that are really fun to watch. Um, Going to have to go higher on my list. Oh, my God. It's so good. Uh, so the only character who has carried over from season one to season two was Jennifer Coolidge's character. Uh, and she really, I mean, she's great in season one, really great, um, but she kills it here amazing and then aubrey plaza is in this season. i heard aubrey's fantastic i mean she's always great anyways but the whole cast i mean you have f marie abraham you have uh michael imperioli it's it's an insane cast yeah um but it's really funny uh and it's it's incredibly entertaining i i don't want to spoil anything because you haven't seen it and i think 
the season just ended two weeks ago, maybe even just a week ago. So I'm not going to go into too much of the plot. Um, I'm just going to say it's one of the the best shows out there. So check it out if you've not. Mm-hmm. What about you, number three? Uh, number three, probably Atlanta's final season. Oh, good one. Uh, even though I think both of those seasons came out this year, they did. <laughs> it's true. So, um, COVID. I, and I actually I liked the the European vacation season more than a lot of people did. But that final season just the way they brought it together, the one off episode, the Goof Trooper episode, is one of the best 40 minutes of television I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, I agree with you there. The yeah, right, I, yeah, I wrote that in my notes here that even though it's not, uh, it doesn't make my top three Atlanta, yeah. it's definitely an honorable mention, but that episode, episode eight, it's called yeah. The Goof Who Sat By The Door, is like one of the best standalone satirical pieces i've seen in decades mm-hmm. truly it's a mockumentary basically yeah, i guess absolutely and it was just pitch perfect so they did funny such a good job with that and just seeing like um where those four leads have gone since the first one how that show has developed and i mean i think those all four of them uh Zazie beats brian tyree henry donald glover obviously and lakeith stanfield are just like i'll watch anything they're in they've been fantastic and just that show launching those careers, uh, or you know, especially in in Glover's career, just furthering it and giving him a opportunity to do what he wants to do has just been great to watch. And that was that was the final season, so the show it's, is yeah, it's officially it's ended. Yeah, he, now he's getting all that Amazon money. Yeah, of course. The next thing we got is uh, the Mister and Mrs. Smith reboot. I think the series, yes, yeah. which does not have Phoebe Waller-Bridge in it anymore. And it does not. I believe they replaced her with Maya Erskine. Okay, that is still that was rumored. I, I'm, I'm, I think that's happening. So. so that that goof that goof troop goofy episode. Uh, even if you don't watch Atlanta, if you've never seen an episode of Atlanta, you can literally go to season four, episode eight, and watch mm-hmm. that, and you're fine. Yep, I, truly. I, Watch doesn't it. tie in it's so it, good. you have to watch yeah. it it's and the irony the thing that to me was the best about that is that it uses disney clips and it talks mm-hmm. and it's all about disney culture and it is on hulu which, which is owned by disney which means pregnant. disney had to green light that and approve use of all of that footage and and probably approve it overall so the fact that disney did that somebody at disney actually has a sense of humor oh, serious <laughs> <Yeah>. serious <laughs> sense of humor amazing well, that, um, I, I was talking about that very thing with somebody, and I was like, oh, let's see, because now that technically Disney owns The Simpsons, I went on to make sure that the Banksy opening is still on there. Oh. Uh, and it is. That's right, yes. And that was very yeah. anti-Disney. It, well. it is a little anti-Disney. Yeah. So if you if you have not seen this episode, just so you know the quick rundown, it's about uh, uh, Disney executive quickly rises to yeah. become the CEO of Disney, um, and determines that Goofy is the blackest character on Disney's uh, list of characters and decides to greenlight and fast track this movie called the Goofy movie. Um, but so much other stuff happens. Yeah. It's 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 really funny, really biting satire, uh, and definitely worth the 40 minutes. Absolutely. Yep. One of the best 40 minutes of network TV that's ever been created. Yeah. Agreed. Uh all right, so my number two is Andor. And I will say Andor of all... I, I love The Mandalorian. I have a very fond 
place for the Mandalorian. I think it's great and it's pitch perfect and it's something I could watch with my son and, and we do and we love it. Andor, though, I will say is the best of all of the Star Wars shows so far. Um, maybe maybe not for the kids. Uh, They're very different shows. Very different. And and that's okay because, uh, I mean, with a, you know, Tony Gilroy wrote this, mm-hmm. first of all. Um, this takes place before Rogue One. Uh, it follows Diego Luna's character, Cassian Andor. Um, Stellan Skarsgård is in it. Amazing cast. Uh, Andy Serkis makes an appearance in this. But the thing about this movie or this series that set it apart for me was the use of practical effects, particularly in set design. It is one of the most wonderfully created worlds I've seen in Star Wars in a long time because it feels original and different, uh, but also rooted in the Star Wars universe. Um, And then just just the story and the emotion and the acting – Mm-hmm. Uh, let's. I mean, yeah. yeah the acting is what no, really killed Rogue it. One. I think is the best thing that's come out since the Disney Disneyfication of the Star Wars universe, and they did a great job. It feels like it's part of that, and the fact that because my favorite thing about Rogue One was it's not all white hats and black hats. Yes, and if you're going to be running a rebellion against a fascist empire, you yourself are probably going to have to do something bad or morally questionable at some point. And in Rogue One, when when this character, Cassian Andor, just shoots a dude right in the face, basically, in the first act, it's like, oh, this is yeah, this is changing things. And that's, that, that's how they start this mm-hmm. this series as well, similarly. Uh, really good, though. I mean, this is... If you're a Star Wars fan, yes. I mean, if, you, if you're a Star Wars fan and you haven't watched this, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. But if, even if you're not a Star Wars fan, uh, I've, I have friends who are not... They don't, they don't care so much about star wars i don't know why i'm friends with them but i am um but they even love this show uh they think it's it's just there's something different about it it actually feels like a unique actor driven drama right. that is exciting and entertaining and that just so happens to be set in a sci-fi universe but that to me that's the thing about star wars and the beauty mm-hmm. of star wars and i've never understood why they don't do this more is you have literally a universe at your disposal um and you've built a lot of these planets and sub stories and all of this stuff around this universe but they've they've stuck so close to these main core characters you know the obi-wans uh the skywalkers all of that for everything for so so long that it's time to move away from that and expand that universe and say hey we have a whole universe to play with and that universe is, is in the middle of this strife and these wars and all of that stuff. You can play on that. You can make mention of these other characters, but Andor does it. It pulls it off. This is Absolutely. not about Darth Vader. Nope. And, and hopefully they continue with that. I'm Not to jump ahead, one of the things I'm looking forward to the most next year is the Ahsoka series. Yep. And hopefully they keep that kind of, you know, even though we're bringing Jedi and stuff back into they can keep that kind of like grounded, like just tell a good story. Just tell a good story and, and hire good actors right? to tell that story. Yes. Please, yes. please. Um, all right. So what is your number? So my number two has the one dance number that's better than the one in after Yang. Oh, and that is peacemaker. The oh, opening. Okay. Oh, the, the, opening. the opening, the Eagle. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> okay. Eagly. Oh. Um, I love this one. I again going back to just being fun. It was a ton of fun. I mean, it had heart too. John Cena showed a certain amount of range that I didn't know that he had in him. 
I mean, he's still never going to be like, oh, we're remaking Citizen Kane. Let's let's call up John Cena. Um, but do you want to recap the show really quick for people that don't know? So, okay, yeah. Peacemaker is uh, based off of the same character that John Cena played in The Suicide Squad, which was James Gunn's uh, first foray into the DC Universe. New, new co-CEO, James Gunn. And uh, somebody wrote how he, he did a great job making this total moron of a character into somebody compelling and it follows his it, it shows his history his past how he became who he became and it does it in a really fun way and the fact that james gunn made batmite and kite man canon was and I, I a matter eater lad and he would go on twitter like the next day after the episode premiered and just show a picture from like a ridiculous picture from like the worst 70s comic book with Matter Eater Ladder, Batmite, and just write canon underneath it as the, the <laughs> caption. Perfect. Love yeah. it. Yeah. Just trolling everybody but and having a good time doing it. So, I mean, I know the other big superhero movie or superhero series this year was the new season of The Boys. I have not watched either of these, I must say. Oh, right. um, they're both great. They're, I, they're both more adult. These okay. are not ones that you're going to watch with your kids. Okay. In, in a much more different way than why you wouldn't watch and or with your kids. Um, Bo- Boys is fantastic too. That almost, that was, that was in my, my short list. Um, that show just keeps getting better. Yeah. But Peacemaker, I don't know. I just, I was souped up for it every week. Um, he would actually update a playlist on Spotify with the songs he was using. Best soundtrack of the year. That's very James Gunn. Very James Gunn. Yeah. And we'll see what he does now that he's in charge. I'm hoping for the best. Nice. Uh, the Suicide Squad was great. I love both the Guardians movies. Uh, I loved Super that he did with Rain Wilson. So good. I've, I've really enjoyed most of his stuff, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, and, and Peacemaker, like I said, season two is on the way. And they did. They, that's another thing that could have easily been written off and yeah. a cash grab, but you can tell these people put some heart into it. Yeah. It's nice when a studio actually puts some faith behind a creator. Absolutely. A little rare <laughs> these days. All right. Let's talk about number one. I think, I think we're the same. I think we're the same one. Yeah. This is <laughs> yeah. amazing. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is great. Uh, all right. So my number one and your number one, the bear. The bear. Okay. Yeah. All right. Perfect. Um, yeah. If you've not seen the bear on FX, uh, FX on Hulu. FX on Hulu. FX on yeah. Hulu. I don't, did it even air? on like does, actual tv does actual tv even exist anymore? that's a fair question i don't know i don't, know. I don't either yeah. um but the bear i've not worked in a restaurant before i worked at an ice cream parlor when i was in high school that is the extent of my my uh restaurant expertise you have i know you have i've worked in several restaurants and the d- attention to detail is stunning there's a couple of things that if you haven't you won't even pick up on but if you have, you're like, oh my god, it's so true to life. Drinking out of the plastic quartz, um, the bottle for net in the office, you know, things like that. The that machine. The, so the episode when they mess up and they do the order it, uh, oh, online ordering. Oh god, the ticket machine. The ticket machine. Yeah. That that was put some, a lot of some high stress watching that episode. That put a lot of my old colleagues like brought the PTSD right <laughs> up to the top. Like it's brutal i bet yeah i bet my roommate had the shakes oh my god yeah <laughs> for me the show i mean for me the show just had heart it's it's funny at times yes mm-hmm. um but you know it's it's about this family it's about two families really I, I guess they're one big family it's about someone's 
work family mm-hmm. uh, and their real family and how those lines blend and uh, you know how the the main character's brother uh, has committed suicide and him dealing with that and you know inheriting this restaurant from his brother and, and coming from the world of of really highbrow culinary restaurants um, and coming back down to this Chicago beef shop shop, uh, that is like a hole in the wall and just making it his own and leaning into it. Mm -hmm. Uh, it, I love any, I mean, I love food shows. Anthony Bourdain is is someone that has, I've always gravitated towards everything he did. And I, I've loved watching things in that world. Mm -hmm. Um, But this show was a real surprise to me. I think, um, I mean, I couldn't get enough of this show, and I yeah, can't wait till it's season two. Fantastic performances again, Jeremy Allen White, who I actually did not watch. Um, Shameless, so this is kind of like I, I didn't the first watch Shameless thing either. I noticed him in, yeah, it, it was unbelievable. I'm actually really looking forward to uh, the movie he's doing with um, Zach Efron about the uh, the wrestlers, the the Von Erichs. Okay, but uh, oh, <laughs> Ultimate Warrior. No, no, no. The Von Eric, this is earlier. Oh, this is pre- oh. this will be set in like the seventies, okay. I believe. All right. Um and then uh the guy who plays Richie, can't Eben Moss. Yeah. Who is also in Andor. Yes, and he was he was also in uh Punisher, the Punisher what? Netflix series as well as yeah. Micro. Really good. In this good. especially. I mean, he's amazing. I mean, he carries a lot of the heart of this. He's Absolutely. I, I know. I feel like I related to a lot of the characters in this show more than I've related to characters in a lot of shows in recent memory. I I, I would watch it and I'd be like, oh my god, like that's my cousin right there, yeah, or like yeah. I, you know, it's that's it, me, it, that's me <laughs> that's right me. there. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was. I mean, who who else? Uh, Molly Ringwald. So Molly Ringwald makes a very quick cameo appearance, very brief, yeah. very brief. Uh, in a kind of a an Al-Anon suicide survivors meeting, giving a a, a talk about her um, her husband, I believe, dying. Uh, but this, you also have Oliver Platt. You have John Barenthal, who makes an appearance for what five Bar- minutes. Another, it's almost a smaller role than Molly's. It is, but he's Bar- the brother. Barenthal's amazing, though. He His is. stage presence is just off the charts. Yeah, um, Oliver Platt. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would like to see more with Abby Elliott next year. She played the sister. Okay, all right, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, really good cast. I can't wait to see what they're doing. If you have not seen the show, obviously check it out. Um, and if you've worked in a restaurant, and you haven't seen the show. It is, yeah, stunningly accurate. Just prepare yourself for that PTSD <laughs> yeah. trigger warning. Um, yeah, can we do a couple of? Uh, Notables or you honorable know, mentions. Honorable mentions on this one too. I have a few. Okay, and I think one of ours is shared. Reservation Dogs. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I love that that's transitioning into a similar to Atlanta. Like it's more of an exploration of this whole uh, microcosm, you know, as opposed to just following these four kids trying to get money to leave. No, it goes off narrative. Yeah, drastically. Absolutely, and. Another one, just top to bottom, great performances. Zon McLarnan. I'll watch him in anything now. Yeah. Um, yep, that one for sure. And then Reboot, which is another FX on Hulu. Or just Hulu. I don't know if it's even an FX thing. So it's uh, Keegan-Michael Key, Judy Greer, Johnny Knoxville, Paul Reiser, and Rachel Bloom. 
It's, it's good. It's, I've heard it's of this. Fantastic. I've not watched that at all. So it's okay. about this writer who wants to reboot her favorite show from when she was a kid, but doing it in a more adult, timely, you know, actually tackle issues and everything. Okay. Um, and she gets that opportunity, but then wackiness and other, you know, drama ensues. Yeah. It's actually fantastic. Okay. The fact that it's, it's flying so under the radar right now. But it's definitely worth a watch. Like Knoxville's decent in it, you know. Yeah. So I I I think my other honorable mention for the year is Rings of Power. I know you didn't yep. watch Rings of Power. You're not not a big not Lord a huge, of the Rings fan. Yeah. Uh, I thought Rings of Power, which I believe is the most expensive show ever made at this point, um, knocking Game of Thrones out, uh, which made me nervous because yeah. I am a big yeah. Tolkien fan and a big Lord of the Rings nerd, and I was like, they better not screw this up, and they did not. It's, it's, it was surprisingly great. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of follows some of the main characters, which mm-hmm. I said, I have a qualm with in the star Wars world, but in Tolkien, you expect that, you know, yeah. he's put, they're pulling from all of these different books and Tolkien works. Uh, but more than anything, it's beautiful. I mean, it is, it's something that I, I hate to watch on, on my television. Um, and I hate that I have to watch it on my television. Uh, you know, I wish there's a way to watch this on a big screen, but mm-hmm. it's beautiful. It really is. See, I can say that about my last honorable mention, which was Sandman. Uh, I thought you didn't like Sandman. No, I did. No, oh. I did. And I'm a huge right. fan of the comic book. It's one of my top two or three favorite comic book series of all time. And they did a really good job with it. I, it wasn't perfect. That's why it's not on my top three. Gotcha. There were issues. Um, the aspect ratio playing around. I think it would have been great if they only did that while they were in the dreaming, but they did it during other scenes as well. But the cast, which a lot of there was some controversy over the cast. Um, those people can all shut up. The cast was brilliant. Um, I'm really glad that it's getting a second season, especially because it's going to go into my favorite. It looks like it's shaping up to be my what was my favorite Sandman story. They laid the groundwork for, for to do the whole the whole thing if if we get the chance. Did it get picked up? It did. It did finally it is getting a second season. Okay. Which we were all nervous about, including Neil, because it was apparently very maybe not rings of power level, but very expensive to make. Okay. Yeah. I mean rings of power, I didn't even want to know how much that costs. Yeah. It's insane. My I guess my other honorable mention is Station Eleven. Um Station Eleven I think it was on HBO. It's been a while now. Uh, Station Eleven is based on the book Station Eleven, which I, I it's one of my favorite books by uh, Emily St. John Mandel. Um, really great show. It didn't make my top three either because it did have I did have some issues with it. But if you've not watched that, it's a post-pandemic survival stories about uh, about a Shakespeare troupe, kind of a roving Shakespeare troupe, um, and, and about a graphic novel that becomes kind of uh, a biblical thing to a bunch of people it's it's weird and different but really entertaining worth a look i mean this is like the first time i'm even hearing of this. station 11 yeah oh check it I'll out to check it out yeah. uh yeah it has a couple little problems with some easy forgiveness of one of the main characters but uh <laughs> yeah. but overall really really good wandavision <laughs> yeah sort of worse um <laughs> all right let's jump for for time's sake to our best performances of the year yep um i'll just quickly run off my three okay um michelle yo everything you know we've already talked about that everything everywhere all at once i can skip that one kiki palmer and nope 
I mean, Kiki Palmer was was the heart of Nope. She was absolutely the the comedy of Nope. She was the actual uh, the drive and motivation behind everything in that movie to me. Um, She was fantastic. And then my third is Colin Farrell in Banshees of Inner Sharon, which honestly, those are not in order. Those three, I would actually say Colin Farrell in that movie is probably my favorite performance of any uh, this year personally. Uh, he was just, it's such a, such a weird movie in a way, in a, a wonderful, simple movie in a way. And he just, he pulls off this, this real sadness, this real hurt, real hurt. And like, and he's a simple character, but he's like kind. And I don't know. I I was kind of shook watching his Yeah. And I think we've all probably had that situation where somebody you were really good friends with, and then you just kind of aren't and luckily we're in a larger populated place where it's like you can kind of just move on but there when you're on an island with a total population of like 50 people i don't know that i've had that experience of someone just so harshly being like oh not not that harshly necessarily i'm done with you don't talk to me if you do i'm going to cut my fingers off and throw them at your door right uh spoiler alert (laughs) no that's in the preview (laughs) i mean i'm just saying he says he's going to do i didn't say he does it yeah (laughs) did you um so that works. I, well, I wanted to talk about Colin Farrell more in terms of after Yang and that movie and where he's come as a, as a performer. Yeah. And, you know, this is the guy from like Miami Vice and he was becoming such a huge like star slash sex symbol action type guy. And where he's brought his career to now, I think it just bears like, hey, good job, bud. Exactly. You know, yeah. He, he got he got off the drugs. He cleaned up his life. He, he you know. He was on a bad path, and for him to to do what he's doing now and showing that kind of artistry is uh is something that we should all. And he's doing some of the franchise stuff. I mean, he was in uh, Batman, you know, Batman, yep. and he it, is completely unrecognizable. I didn't Batman. know it was. Yeah. I I was people were like, it looked like Richard Kind. Yeah, they were like, did you see Colin Farrell in Batman? I was like, no. What no. character <laughs> do you play? They're like Penguin. I was like, oh yeah, yeah I had no idea. Um, but yeah, good for him. That's yeah. That's and then my other Michelle Yeoh, obviously, so and then also you got to give the kid credit, Austin Butler and Elvis. And Elvis was yes. incredible. Austin Butler, definitely an up and coming actor in oh, many ways. For um, sure. Which I'm going to segue that to the close of this episode, mm-hmm. where we talk about what we're most looking forward to yep. in 2023. And my number sure. one, we could do a whole episode just on that, and we probably will. Yeah. <laughs> um, honestly. There's a few things. So I'll, I'll, I'm going to start with Dune yep. Part 2, November 3rd, uh, which Austin Butler is one of the new cast members. Florence Pugh, too. Florence Pugh, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I should have talked about her. She was she held Don't Worry Darling together. That movie would have been terrible without her. Yeah, she's an amazing actress. But uh, Yeah, she is. Um, Dune Part 1, when it came out, I mean, for that year, which was uh, 2021, mm-hmm. That was hands down my favorite movie of that year. I mean, it's honestly, that's like one of my favorite movies I've probably seen in like 10 years, truly. Um, So obviously, November 3rd can't come fast (laughs) enough for Dune Part 2. That's my number one. That is the thing, the single piece of film or television or anything in uh, the upcoming year that I'm most looking forward to. What about you? Um, Pride Barbie. Not because it's the... 
a hilarious answer, but I yeah. get it. It's yeah. just the well, funny no, answer. I mean, I, I could say Guardians. I could say Ahsoka. I could say Across the Spider-Verse. I could say Asteroid City. I could say Indy 5. But all of those I kind of know and ho- or hope what I'm getting. Barbie, because of who's involved, because it's Greta Gerwig, because it's Margot Robbie, because it's Noah Baumbach, it's just, what are they going to do with this? It's my most, like I said, it's not the one I'm like definitely lying lining up for but it's the one that i'm the most intrigued about gotcha and it there's, there's like question marks of what they are going to do with this yeah so those three people are not going to involve them just make a cookie cutter barbie movie no i mean the the teaser came out what, te- last week i thought it was great too it's funny They've yeah got, yeah they're smashing the, like when they those girls started smashing the varies i'm like oh my god i cannot wait i have a friend who's a film critic and he said i had to explain to my daughters what 2001 a space odyssey is after watching <laughs> that and then they wanted to watch 2001 a space odyssey and i was like you didn't you didn't make them watch 2001 a space odyssey did you he did not good they're, they're that, very, that's they're young abuse. children <laughs> that is child abuse great movie not when you're six um so a couple of other movies that I'm excited about and, and I'm curious about really. Um, so we have this new Indiana Jones movie, terrible title. It's called Indiana yep. Jones and the dial of destiny. Not loving the title. The trailer is solid. The trailer is really trailer. good yep. and it has Phoebe Waller Phoebe bridge. <laughs> um, and the, the interesting thing here is that James Mangold is directing, mm-hmm. not Steven Spielberg, right? which years ago I would have been like, what? This is, this is not right, you know? But then he made Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and uh, I love Spielberg. Uh, but it's it's these these movies are not him anymore. Right. They're they're not. It's time to move on. So I thought it looked great, and it's it's coming out I think in June, June thirtieth. Yeah, yeah, middle middle of the year. Yeah, yep. and it's gonna it's coming out at the perfect time. It's gonna do great great numbers. Hopefully, it's better than Crystal Skull. God, I hope so. They no say they are gonna tell us where. Uh, Mutt. Mutt went. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody cares. <laughs> I mean, hopefully he's dead. Um, it's too harsh. Sorry. Um, I, I will say also there's there's two Joaquin Phoenix titles that I'm particularly excited for this year. One, um, which I think is called Bo is Afraid, is- Oh, that's the new Ari Aster Ari Aster I didn't movie. know Joaquin was in that Joaquin, one. yeah. Joaquin's starring in that. And then the other- is this Napoleon movie that Ridley Scott is making. And I, I love Ridley Scott. I mean, Gladiator is one of my like top five movies of all time. Hot take, Tony's better. Tony Scott? No. Yeah. He made True Romance. Done. Uh, no. True Romance is one of the greatest Save movies ever made. another episode. Yeah. The debate. We'll do, the, we'll do that debate we talked about where, where, where afterwards Boxing, we yeah. actually <laughs> box it out in a ring. Um, but no, this Napoleon movie, Ridley Scott said that he changed the whole dynamic and script and everything around the movie because Joaquin Phoenix's performance was so amazing and different than he expected and so nuanced. Um, Joaquin Phoenix is an insanely great actor, uh, yeah. very strange dude in real life, but such a good actor. So I think him back with Ridley Scott doing Napoleon just sounds amazing to me. So I can't wait for that. That's fair. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. My other one would probably be, like I said, Asteroid City. What is Asteroid City? I don't know this one. Uh, that's the new Wes Anderson. Oh, yeah. really? Mm-hmm. So it's going to have a really terrible cast of yeah, people I'm, nobody's you know, heard of. People that he's never worked with before at all. Cool. That's that's what he does. What's yeah. it about? 
Nobody really knows. Oh, this has Tom Hanks and Margot Robbie in it. Yeah, no, he added. He, he, He's I mean, adding. I was just kidding. His... Obviously, he works with the what? same people every what? single time. But, but Tom Hanks, Steve yeah, Carell, right. Brian Cranston. Wow. All right. I mean, I was already. Hong Chow. That was. Yeah, that's that's going to be a, uh, an incredible cast. I mean, it's a Wes Anderson movie. You expect that, but right. when you add like when you stack it beyond then you, then, the norm, yeah, you start adding. Margot Robbie and Tom, Tom Hanks. Hanks. Yeah, those two. Yeah, small. And I, I'm just I'm an unabashed, unapologetic Wes Anderson fan. I mean, so. as you should be. Yeah. There's nothing to be ashamed of. All right, so let's end this. Um, I'm going to end by saying there's a couple movies that I really wanted to see this year that I did not see. Um, one of them is another A24 release called After Sun, mm-hmm. uh, which looks really great uh, and. Who knows? Maybe that would have made my top three list. The other, which I'm surprised I have not seen, uh, is The Fablemans, which is Spielberg's movie about, really, about his childhood. Um, and well, the reason I haven't... It's still in, like, limited release. It is. It's sort of. And I think we're getting it here at the United yeah. in January. January. So I've waited. So I will see that soon. Yeah. Um, but that is a movie that very well could top my list as well and it's it's a big award season contender yeah my big one that i I did end up watching tar uh my big one that i missed this year was woman king i still have not gotten around to seeing that gotcha i would really like to yeah um but i I will there's so many movies and and as weird as it sounds we do yes we do work at a movie theater I swear, it's I very, yeah. very difficult yeah. to find the time to see anything because you know we're so busy doing all of these amazing things here. Let's, Getting things ready for you. Yes, <laughs> for you to walk through our doors. All right. Well, I think I think that wraps up our first episode. Um, I think that was a great conversation, Greg. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining. Um, and yeah, I mean, this is a biweekly podcast, so in two weeks we'll be out with the next one. Don't know what the topic is yet, but it's. I think it's probably going to have to do with movies, if I had to guess. Um, <laughs> and I'm not sure who the guest is. Maybe it will be Greg again. Maybe it'll be Greg and somebody else. Maybe, who knows? I mean, the sky's the limit. So we're excited to start this. Uh, this it could is, be Tom Hanks. You don't know. It might be Tom Hanks. We are releasing Tom Hanks' new movie around that same week the next podcast will come out. My name is Otto. Uh, if you send him a typewriter, he might do it. All right. I'm going to work on that. Yeah. So <laughs> stay tuned. The next episode, special guest, maybe Tom Hanks. All right, until next time, thanks for joining us. 